Uh, Micah chapter 5, verse 2, it says this. But you, O Bethlehem, Ephaphrathah, are only a small village among all the people of Judah. Yet a ruler of Israel, whose origins are in the distant past, will come from you on my behalf. So here we have a prophecy of the Messiah. It's a messianic prophecy, and it's about where the Messiah, or as we know today, uh, Jesus is to land. You know, just the other day, I was, um, after I got out of the water surfing, and uh, the, the, the strangest thing happened. There's a pigeon that was circling around, flying around above my head. Now, that had never, ever happened to me, especially get out of the water and, and changing, drying off everything. Going, what's this bird flying around, right? And it was, it was a beautiful pigeon, that kind of grayish, bluish kind of color. And it flew around my head, and then it landed on top of my truck. It went, and it was, you know how they walk on the roof. And it landed. Then I was like, hey, you can poop on my truck. Get off, get off. You know, kind of, it's kind of like this. It, it, it flew up, but then it came back down and landed. And it came, it landed on the truck again. Then it flew off. It was like flying around. I was like, why are you picking me, right? It landed right on the door. I had the door open, landed on the door. And, 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 and I was like, what, what is going on? And the pigeon is like cooing, like, whoo, coo, coo. And, and a friend of mine was right there next to me. He, he was like, well, maybe it's hungry. I'm thinking, I don't have any food. Why are you looking at me? You know, kind of thing. And uh, my friend took his hand out, and, and the pigeon was on my truck, put his hand out, and the, and the pigeon went right onto his hand. And then he took it and put it on his truck. I go, oh, okay, I feel better. But uh, anyway, yeah, it was so, the strangest thing that this pigeon would land on my truck and and it was on my friend's truck. But when I went to drive away, it landed on my truck. Like when I went on the tr- inside the truck, closed the door, started a car, I heard on the roof. And I was like, oh, well, I don't know why, but I just drove off, so I don't know what happened. I, I, I didn't, no, I didn't run it over. I, no, I'm pretty sure of that. I hope it went home. I mean, it seemed domesticated. It seemed like it belonged to someone. Maybe it was a little lost. But I really wondered, why did it land on my truck? Why did it pick me? I don't know. But you know what it made me think about? It made me think of how God chose a no-name town for Jesus to land in. Jesus was born in Bethlehem. That's what the angels, right, told the shepherds. Uh, in Luke chapter 2, for unto you is born this day in the city of David, which is Bethlehem, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And so what's amazing that it wasn't random at all. It was actually prophesied here, Micah chapter 5, verse 2. Bethlehem is where love landed. And that's the thought I want to put in your heads tonight. That's the title, really, of our little Christmas Eve message here, Where Love Landed. And it landed in this little town. Now, Micah verse five, uh, chapter 5, verse 2, it begins with, But you, O Bethlehem, I can't say it, but Ephrath, 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 <laughs> 
Anyway, Bethlehem. It's another name. It's to actually indicate exactly this town, Bethlehem. This prophecy was talking about where the Messiah was to come. And so you have to understand in context of when this prophecy was given, things weren't going good in Israel. Babylon was, was getting ready to siege Jerusalem. Things were not, look, were not looking good for Israel, for the nation at that time. But then this prophecy comes about the Messiah. This prophecy that he's going to come and he's going to come and help them rescue Israel. But it was looking toward the coming of the Messiah. And so here it's mentioned it's going to be in Bethlehem. Now, some commentators and scholars say that at this time, Bethlehem maybe only had 100 people. It was a little, to me, a little tiny town. A little town, like we sang tonight. It was a no-name town. It was one of those no-name towns you drive by and, and you, you don't even know it's a town. It was like that. It was insignificant. But God chose Bethlehem to be the place where Jesus is to be born. This unknown place, poor town, humble place, no-name place. And think about this. Jesus could have been born in Jerusalem. I mean, that's the capital of Israel, right? He could have been born in a lot better place. He could, but he came to this humble place. And, and, and he came, he was born in a stable, right? Just this afternoon, I, I watched The Chosen Christmas back in 2019, I think it was. And, and I was telling my wife, oh, look, that's really accurate. The, the place is like junk in there. It looked like pallets and animals and just dirty and everything, right? And I thought, that's, it's not like our nativity, kind of sweet and pretty and like, oh, how nice. No, it, it, was, it was really junk, the place. It was really dirty. And that's where Jesus was born. But, you know, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in that stable, placed in the manger because he wanted to show he came, yeah, to save us no-name people, us nothings, yeah, us, us poor, us, what do we have to show? We're not priests or Pharisees or high up in the, the religious hierarchy. We're not like those priests back then, but Jesus came to this unknown, yeah, no name, little town to show that God loves us unloved and forgotten, abandoned people. So in this little town, we find in this prophecy that was fulfilled in Jesus is that the little town found God's compassion. The little town found God's compassion. We just sang silent night, holy night. But did you catch that one verse? Son of God, and then what? Loves pure light. I want to key in on that. I mentioned this morning how how amazing Christmas carols are to me now. I mean, before I was a Christian, yeah, we heard them, they were around. But once I became a Christian, I'm like, whoa, did you hear the words? Did, did you see what they're saying? It's so powerful. It's so amazing. Silent night, holy night, son of God loves pure light. So I want you to know tonight that though maybe Christmas is a time for family, friends, and get-togethers and all that. I mean, our family's uh, getting together tomorrow, and we're having everyone's coming and everything. Janae's here, yay, and Christian, and I'm excited. She's from the mainland here and visiting. But uh, you know what? 
Maybe in this big get-together, these get-togethers you're having, in the midst of it, you still feel lonely. Maybe you feel abandoned. Maybe some of you are going through the worst time in your life. And there is no joy to the world for you. But let me tell you something. God loves you. Think about how God chose this little town, no name, abandoned. No one cared about it. Yet God chose that town to go to. And you know what? God's love wants to go to you tonight. So no matter where you stay, no matter what's going on, God's compassion, this little town found God's compassion. You can find that too. And I know it's a crazy time. Sometimes it it gets so busy, you get frustrated. Like I was reading about um, how traveling through the holidays can be challenging. And one traveler went to the ticket counter at the airport, noticed there was a mistletoe hanging over the baggage counter in Dallas. Well, this uh, uh, flyer was like, hey, uh, ask the attendant, what's that for? Well, the attendant said, she said, so you can kiss your luggage goodbye. (laughs) And sometimes that's the worst time, right? Everyone's traveling, you lose your luggage. But maybe that's how you feel. Things are going on. You've lost things. You're frustrated. Maybe like Israel, this was a bad time. You feel lost. Israel was outnumbered. Uncertain future. What's going to happen next year? Maybe you even feel abandoned. But God wants you to know he cares for you. Remember this. Jesus loves you. And that's why he came to show you this. Jesus loves you. Psalm 136 verse 23 in the ESV says this. It is he who remembered us in our lowest state. For steadfast love endures forever. So this year, tonight, this Christmas... Let it be where you found God's love. And it is your heart. That's where love landed. So we see this little town now. But also this prophecy in verse 2 talks about the Lord, the King. It goes on in verse 2. It says that yet a ruler of Israel, in the last part of the NLT, it says, will come from you on my behalf. A ruler of Israel. What, what's it talking about? Well, the Messiah. The Messiah is coming. The King, the Lord, the Lord, the King. As I mentioned, speaks of the Messiah, the Son of God. And so Bethlehem, think about that, was chosen to have the Messiah come there. The King to be born there. And you know what? That put Bethlehem on the map. That's what happened. It put Bethlehem on the map. The unknown town became known because of the Son of God. The Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, came to that town, was born there in that place. Joy to the world. The Lord is come. Let earth receive what? Her King. Or we sing, come to Bethlehem and see him whose birth the angels sing. Come adore and bend a knee. Christ the Lord, the new born king. Isn't Christmas songs great? It's so rich with the truth of what happened and it goes right along here with Micah chapter 5. So the birth of the Lord the king made Bethlehem 
known. The unknown town became known. The no-name town got a name now. You know, I was reading, there's a tiny town in Oregon called, if I say it right, Depo Bay, Oregon. There's, it's a town of 1,400 people, really small. But it's, it, you know what put it on the map, this tiny town? Whales and sea lions. And so a lot of people go there so they can see the whales, so they can see sea lions all over the place. This tiny town is known for that. A little tiny town. You know, one of the stops that we make when, when we toured Israel is actually to go to Bethlehem. It's actually to go six miles south of Jerusalem and travel there. Now, it's in the air court, they call it. It's in an area not really part of the, the Jewish side, and you kind of got to go through a, a certain, um, what do you call it, sort of like a border kind of thing, go through. And, and when you go there, it's, it's not that great, really, of a place. And there's like tourist kind of shops and towns. Um, I remember, though, going to a place and having Turkish coffee for the first time. In a little cup, but it was super strong. But it's not that great of a place, but it's very well known. What? Because of this prophecy. Because of the Christmas story. And I wanted to go there. This is Bethlehem. I've been to Bethlehem where Jesus was born, where the king King, God chose Bethlehem for Jesus to be born. And now this, this unknown little town, this nothing town, is something now. Listen, that's what God does. He makes something out of nothing. He takes a no-name, nobody, say like me or you, and he makes us a child of the king. That's what God does. That's what God does in our lives, you guys. Understand that. I read about a pastor who looked out his window. He was in Germany, and uh, this was a while back, a long time ago, but he saw a street merchant walking down the street with a, pulling this old wagon and everything. And you know what? He was calling this out. He's, he was saying, I buy broken things. And I thought, how perfect is that? God purchased us when he died on the cross and rose again. That he could fix us. That he could take us nobodies, poor, yeah, lost in our sin. And he could make us into a child of the king. So Jesus came to this little town of Bethlehem. And that's where love landed. So we see there's a little town here. There's, this is where the Lord, the King, came. And lastly, we see in the prophecy that this Messiah who comes is the living God. Here again in Micah 5, 2, it says, Yet a ruler of Israel whose origins are in the distant past. Now, that's kind of an old way of saying this baby that's born you know, it's not just any king or ruler, but this king existed beyond when time began. This Lord, this king existed way back in, quote unquote, eternity past. Pastors like to use that, that kind of talk. <laughs> I like to, I love that eternity past. It, it just, it's mind blowing. We think of eternity and future, but there's, there's this eternity, if you could put time in it, past. And it speaks of God, that Jesus is 
God, the eternal God, that God became a human being, born as a baby boy, to one day grow up to teach us, to speak to us, and then to give his life to die on the cross for our sins. His blood atoned for our sins, and the Bible says once and for all. Before, they had to give a lot of sacrifices every year, right? Every month, every celebration to atone for sins. But when God came, he was the perfect sacrifice. No sin, no blemish. He took upon his body our sins so he could atone for our sins. So no, understand this, no matter what you try and do, no matter the good you do, no matter the good works or give to the church or give help someone out, thinking that those kind of things can atone for your sins and, and get buy you a ticket for heaven, it doesn't. It can't. Because one sin, it, it really, the consequences are that we are destined for eternal hell. But Christ has come. That's why he came. That's why we celebrate. This is why it's so amazing that Jesus came because he loves us to die on the cross for our sins and atone for our sins. So here is the eternal God, Jesus. He Think about it this way. He stepped out of eternity into human history for us. That's what John 1.14 says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. That's why we sing Emmanuel, which means God with us. That's why we're going to be singing in a moment, Holy Night, right? Or Silent Night, Holy Night, because God has come. And it was a holy night for Jesus to be born. Listen, Jesus did not just look down right on us, and, but he came and he lived among us. Jesus didn't just talk to us, but he became one of us. So here's the living God, or I should say the eternal living God who came to earth on Christmas. You know, the Bible tells us that when Jesus came, when God the Son came, he didn't come to scold us or, or condemn us at all. But he came to save us, to rescue us from sin, really from ourselves. Sometimes we think that, oh, now we know. I know. We, we know the way. But we don't. Jesus came to show us the way, to make the way so that, you know what? Not only can we have salvation, be saved from our sins and being for, be forgiven, but so that he, he could be with us. So we can have an actual relationship through the forgiveness of sin, through his, the death on the cross. Did you know you can have a relationship with God? Some people think that, oh, well, a relationship with God means going to church, doing the rituals, and that's it. But that's not what it is. It's actually Knowing God, actually having a relationship. It's actually the Holy Spirit in you and God speaking to you and you praying and talking to him. It, it, it's actually God working intimately in your life. It, it's sensing his presence like we did when we worship with the Lord. 
And so Jesus came to bring us into that relationship, to, to rescue us, to, 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 to fix us. We're so broken, so, so messed up in our minds to write it with the truth that we find in God's word. This is God's heart, you guys. Maybe you feel broken. Maybe you feel lost. Maybe you're even here thinking that, well, I have done so much wrong, I don't know if God would ever receive me. That's wrong. Because the Bible says that, that we're, we're sin abounding, grace abounding more. God's love and the reason Jesus died to reach out to the worst sinners. And you know what? We all are sinners. And we need God. Did you know when Jesus first stood up and started his ministry, he went into a synagogue, Jewish synagogue, and he had the opportunity to preach. He opened the scroll, and he happened to open it to Isaiah 61. And this was a start. He was announcing his ministry. And he said something like this, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. And this is a messianic one. Because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the broken hearts. To proclaim liberty or freedom to the captives. And the opening of prison to those who are bound. That's his ministry, you guys. Isn't that awesome? The eternal living God has come at Christmas for you, for me, to free us from our sins, to heal us, to save us. This is the truth that we find in God's Word. And this is what I want you to see in this one prophecy about Jesus coming to Bethlehem. This is what God did. He came to a little town. The Lord, the King, the living God. That was prophesied here. Jesus Christ. This is where love landed. And this is what God did. This is what love did. This is what he does. I'll close with this uh, last story. And uh, it's about a, a little orphan boy named Misha. Now, in 1994, the Russian DOE, the Department of Education, actually invited two Americans to come teach morals and ethics. Basically, they are Christians, secretly, uh, missionaries, really. And they were, God opened up this opportunity to come and bring in and teach biblical principles in public schools in the prisons, in, in the fire and police departments, and even a very large orphanage. Well, there at this orphanage, there was 100 boys and girls who had been abused and abandoned in this government-run facility. Well, being close to Christmas, these Christian teachers decided to share the Christmas story about Mary and Joseph Bethlehem, couldn't find a place, uh, finally a stable, uh, Jesus is born, placed in the manger, the shepherds, uh, the whole Christmas story, angels and everything. Throughout the Christmas story and what they shared, the orphanage staff and the keiki there listen on, edge, on the edge of their seats, just trying to soak in and grasp every word. Afterwards, the teachers gave the, the children little craft 
project to do. They gave him three small pieces of cardboard to make a manger, yellow uh, colored paper for straw to cut up, flannel cloth for a blanket, and tan felt to cut into the shape of a baby. So they they could make that baby in in the manger, and that was the project here. Well, as the orphans were finishing up their project, um, one of the teachers noticed six-year-old Misha, when they looked in the manger, had two babies inside the manger. Not one, but two babies in the manger. So the teachers asked the translator to, to come over, call them over, and then Misha explained why he made it uh, their project in that way. So he told them this, basically, you know, in his language. But he told them basically the Christmas story. uh, uh, He went over the whole thing pretty much very accurately. He went over the shepherds, the angels, uh, Mary and Joseph, everything very accurately, exactly. And it was amazing because he was so young and he had heard it just the first time. Yet, when he came to the part where Mary put the baby in, uh, in the manger, baby Jesus in manger, the story changed. And little Misha said this, and when Mary had laid the baby in the manger, the baby Jesus looked at me and asked me if I had a place to stay. I told him, no, I have no mama and I have no papa. So no, I don't have any place to stay. Then Jesus told me I could stay with him, but, but I told him I couldn't because I didn't have a gift to give him like everyone else did. But I wanted to stay with Jesus so much, so I thought and I thought about what I had that maybe I could use for a gift. And I thought maybe if I kept him warm, that that would be a good gift. So I asked Jesus, If I keep you warm, will that be a good enough gift? Well, Jesus told me, if you keep me warm, that will be the best gift anybody ever gave me. So I got into the manger. And and then Jesus looked at me and he smiled at me. And he told me that I could stay with him for always. Well, at that, little Misha, when he finished his story, his eyes were full of tears that splashed down his little cheeks. Putting his hands over his face, his head dropped to the table, and his shoulders shook as he sobbed and sobbed. For you see, this little orphan boy finally found someone who would never abuse him nor abandon him, someone who would stay with him for always. Well, on that Christmas, we see love came to a little boy's heart for always. And you know, that's what it can be for you and I tonight. Let's remember Christ. No matter where you're at, no matter what you're going through, no no matter what it is, open your heart to Jesus tonight and let that place, your heart, be where love landed. Let's pray. Jesus, we are here, God, thanking you this Christmas for you coming to this earth. 
God, we're amazed that, that you would do that, Lord. But God, you did because of love. And, and Lord, our hearts want to be open to you tonight. God, I pray for anyone here that, that doesn't really know you, has never accepted you, has never really surrendered their heart to you, never really understood what Christmas is about, or never really understood what it means to have a relationship with you. God, I pray that they would cry out to you, believe in you, ask for forgiveness, receive you into their hearts, and at the same time, give their lives to you. God, we are grateful for your coming, and tonight we celebrate that. God, we thank you that you, our eternal God, came and became a human being, born a baby, because one day you would grow up and die for our sins, for my sins. And with that, God, I can be forgiven. With that, Lord, I can see now that I have heaven, eternity, because of what you did, not what I do, because I can't do that, but what you have done for us. And so, Lord, as we close tonight, we give you our hearts, Lord. And I pray tonight, God, that your love would land in our hearts, that in us, that would be where love landed. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand.